What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Flexibility is Freedom podcast, the show where we talk about lifestyle design and passive income. This is episode number eight, and it's week 10 of 2021. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the niches that I've been researching in the last week or two and walk through some of my thinking and process. So I've recently started the niche selection slash niche research process again. And for context, I've decided to create a portfolio of websites this year. And my goal is to get to about five to 10 new websites. Um, And my main concern was that I've been working on a single asset for quite a long time, for about two plus years. And to me, there was quite a bit of, you know, idiosyncratic risk or single asset risk that needed some way to to be diversified in other words and you know in my sort of most recent experience dealing with things like amazon associates policy changes and google updates it's become more apparent to me that a more diversified approach is certainly necessary for the long-term feasibility of this of the business and especially if you know once i start to rely on the business more heavily to finance my lifestyle you know in terms of um, you know, kind of living by myself or uh, affording a mortgage. So that's kind of my thinking around the diversification part. So let's get right into it. I actually looked at two niches uh, in this last week for the most part. And the first niche is pets. And the second niche is sort of VPNs and they're very different. And uh, I want to talk about each of them in turn. So first I want to say a little bit about my portfolio um, sort of criteria or my portfolio methodology. Uh, I'm planning to have a mix of different types of websites that might, you know, sort of complement each other just the same way that you would build a, uh, a stock portfolio or let's say a real estate portfolio. So for me, I want to have a couple of assets that are in the lower competition, um, lower monetization uh, channels. So for me, that could be something like a pet's could be something else that's more of an Amazon associates type of niche. And on the other hand, I want to have some that are in the medium to high competition, but also medium to high monetization. So more profitable niches that could be in, you know, software that could be in sort of hosting, you know, other higher paying offers. But what comes with that is higher levels of competition in the industry. Um, and those will likely take a much longer period of time before they start to uh, truly start earning uh, and start ranking. So let me talk about the first niche that I've been thinking about, which is pets. And uh, it's a bit hilarious because the um, the course that I'm following, uh, the Authority Site System uh, 3.0, their, their demo site is actually a sort of a dog food site. So I'm sure there's going to be thousands of beginner starting pet sites uh, today. And I think pets overall is a very beginner friendly niche. It's um, so, so let me talk about some of the pros uh, that I see in it. I think on the, de- the demand side is very healthy. Uh, when you think about a niche, you want something where your users are very motivated. They are um, ideally, you know, very energetic. They're very passionate about the topic. So this is why hobby niches are, can be very powerful. Um, or you want something where they're very, uh, you know, there's a sense of urgency, like a problem niche. So such as, you know, skincare can be a problem niche and it can also be a passion niche at the same time. So it's a bit of, bit of both. So in the case of pets, it's obviously more of a hobby niche. People tend to care a lot about their pets, especially in 
Uh, I think in the West, um, in Western countries, you know, things like dog and cat ownership, uh, it continues to grow. And it, to some extent, people are treating pets, you know, as family members. And so there is this sort of yeah, willingness to spend a lot of money on, on your pet. So definitely a lot of healthy trends on the demand side. On the SEO side, it's also quite positive, um, depending on which kind of pet you go into. So for me, I chose to just skip dogs and cats altogether. I figured that, you know, for one thing, I don't know anything about dogs or cats, um, but for another, there is likely, you know, more saturation in those niches. Uh, again, I don't know, I didn't do the detailed research into them, um, but although they are more, you know, attractive in terms of the market size, just given how many dog owners and cat owners there are, um, I think that there's probably, you know, a, a good abundance of content in that space. So I decided to look more in the smaller animal space. You know, I've previously had guinea pigs in the past. So I kind of looked around in the smaller animals, you know, hamsters, uh, ferrets, sort of that sort of thing. And I think on the SEO side, generally my conclusion from that research is that there is quite a lot of space um, that is available on the SERPs. Uh, if I were to compare it to, let's say health, you know, in health, typically, if you do really, really well, you might get into, you know, let's say position eight to 10 for a good health query. Um, just because the top five most likely are out of reach, there's gonna be Healthline, WebMD, maybe some bigger lifestyle, entertainment, fashion type of websites. And so, you know, you're going up, you're going up against DR 80 to 90 uh, competitors at a minimum which is uh, very difficult to get onto those queries, right? And so I think, contrast that with pets, what I'm seeing is uh, there are some big competitors as well. The biggest one I found was called the Spruce Pets. I think they're DR80 plus. But um, for every niche, there are more niche specific uh, websites. So if you're looking at hamsters, there might be like something, something, the best hamster.com or something. And those typically tend to be DR30 or less. Uh, usually DR 10 to 20 and those seem to do fairly well they do um, quite well for a niche specific site uh, they can rank for a lot of the affiliate type of keywords like the best the best hamster cage the best hamster bedding that sort of thing and looking at the sites themselves they're not you know super impressive they're good as an affiliate site some of them are actually not so good but for the most part it's not like their content or website design is amazing. So to me, I look for that as well when I do niche research because we're trying to understand, can we create something that is going to be better than the competition in some way? Uh, whether that's through the content, through the layout, through you know, sort of having uh, a, a better site design, a better user experience, that sort of thing. So you know, I see a lot of a potential for pets. On the other hand, I think the biggest risk is, to me, the, the monetization route. Uh, when I look at most of these pet sites, I would say maybe 30 to 40 percent, uh, actually higher than that, maybe like 60 percent rather. I was thinking about it the, in the inverse. Uh, probably 60 to 70 percent of them make money purely through Amazon, um, which is reasonable when you think about it. Amazon has most of these physical categories. And for pets, you're talking about things like pet cages, pet food is the biggest one, uh, pet toys, accessories, um, other things that pets needs would be 
let's say services like a veterinarian. Uh, also pet insurance is actually an interesting one uh, for larger animals. So, but most of your, most of your traffic is going to go to Amazon. The only other alternative that I found was um, more attractive to me would be to going to going to Chewy.com and Chewy has a $15 CPA on new customers. So for every, for every new customer that you drive to, to buy something, you know, regardless of the sale amount, you would earn a flat $15, uh, which is actually very, very attractive. I believe that uh, at a 3% commission rate, the equivalent purchase that a user would need to make on Amazon.com would be like $500. So clearly Chewy.com pays uh, a much higher uh, sort of per sale uh, payout versus Amazon. And I actually found that uh, my one of my plugins or one of my software providers called Lasso, um, they claim that they have some kind of partnership with Chewy and they can offer a $20 CPA. So I'm still waiting to verify that. But if that's the case, that could be quite interesting. But aside from that, the only other monetization would be um, probably your, your standard display ads, which are not very profitable. They're, they're nice to have, but they're low profitability overall. So I think if I were to wrap up pets, I think um, I like that the demand side, you know, there's good demand trends. Um, I also checked many of the uh, categories through Google Trends and you know there's sort of maybe a long-term a slow long-term increase not a huge one it's not like you're not looking at Bitcoin or something right you're looking at kind of a long stable increase uh, some pets can be seasonal which is quite interesting like rabbits for example can be seasonal uh, it's also important to understand the search intent for different types of animals um, and to understand the 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 intention of the user when they're when they're searching for some of these queries. So I think in uh, you know I've only done sort of only superficial research uh, into some of the smaller animals. I think as you get into more exotic animals, there could even uh, be you know even more sort of you know easy pickings in terms of SEO. Uh, it just might be a little more difficult to convert users. Depends on what kind of products you have that uh, that might interest them. Um, and on the con side, again, just I think monetization is the biggest challenge. I, however, I think that um, if you if you set up a site that's maybe 25% Amazon, 75% Chewy, and just a little bit of ads, just put that on the side, I think that could be an interesting build and flip opportunity. Like I wouldn't want to hold that for, let's say, five to 10 years. I think, you know, three to five years, most likely Chewy cuts their rates. Just given where they are versus Amazon, it's a it's quite a large discrepancy, and the way they've structured their program, to me, says that they just want to grow new customers. They want to grow their presence in uh, in pets, and you know the big guys in pets right now. To my understanding, it's uh, Amazon, Petco, PetSmart, and Chewy, and I think PetSmart actually owns Chewy. And so, uh, you know, if I were to get into the niche, I'd want to look at. How likely is it that Chewy will cut their rates in the future? Because I see that as the as one of the big risks. Um, and of course, you have conventional risks, you know, Google updates, all that other stuff. Um, with pets, I wonder how much Google will apply some of their, you know, what's commonly called EAT factors. Uh, you know, whether that's something that they'll apply in pets. And just given that many of the pet queries are 
related to pet health in a sense. It's kind of like, you know, can I feed my dog, you know, insert food here. It's like, what should I do if my dog does this, right? A lot of them are kind of, you know, things that if it were a human being um, and you were typing in these queries, Google would give you like a health line or a WebMD kind of result. So I wonder how much that plays into the pets industry. Um, but overall, I like pets. I think, let's say out of five, I would give it probably a three and a half. It's a good beginner niche. I think there's a lot of saturation, uh, but I think there are some good offers. If you go for something like a dog or a cat, there's probably even better offers because you have more private brands and you can really go off of Amazon for those. Uh, however, in the ones that I'm considering, like let's say guinea pigs, hamsters, uh, ferrets, that sort of thing, I don't think there are that many. There are maybe some niche manufacturers that do like food or cages or things like that, but I think for the most part, you're going to be either Amazon or Chewy. So not too much in terms of choice, but that's that's just how that industry is. So the second one I kind of dug into, you know, very different from pets. I looked into more software and particularly I looked into VPNs. And for me, it was just a little bit of curiosity, right? You always, um, you know, if you're ever on YouTube and I'm sure most of us are there, you know, constantly these days, you know, every other channel is promoting some kind of VPN, right? NordVPN, ExpressVPN, um, you know, all, all of these ones. So clearly they're trying to grow their market. Uh, right off the bat, things that I like about the VPN space is I think one is I think their their target market is is huge, right? It's a it's a much bigger market when you compare it to pets, you know, skincare, and you know a lot of other things. One of the reasons that they like to do, let's say, these big general ads on all kinds of YouTube channels is because their potential customer is is quite broad. It's not as specific, right? It's anybody who can access the internet and maybe cares about security or wants to let's say stream Netflix from the US or they want to download torrents or you know a lot of different use cases. So the target market is quite large, which means there's more, you know, SEO opportunities and there's more, you know, opportunities to find longer tail traffic. The way I think about SEO in terms of when you look at the niche selection stage, it's it's kind of like um, what they say about that iceberg effect, right? 20% of it is above the surface, 80% is underwater. So the larger the iceberg or the larger the topic, the the larger the amount of long tail queries you're going to get just because you have more people, you know, thinking about that topic or, or wanting to ask questions about that topic. And that generates a lot of long tail queries and long tail queries are very helpful for us to try to drive traffic as a lower, um, lower domain authority uh, competitor. So some other things I like about the VPN side obviously is the monetization. Um, you know, the VPN, the big VPN uh, providers have much more lucrative payouts. Um, you know, anywhere from, uh, it's typically based on what subscription people buy. So to give you an example, I think ExpressVPN has something that's pretty, pretty close to industry uh, standard. So if someone buys, let's say a one month package, you make 100% of that first month. Uh, so the first month is typically like 12 to $13. And if they buy, let's say an annual or, um, or two year package, you'll typically make, I think it's 40% of that, which could be 22 to, to $36. Uh, that's the case for ExpressVPN. So, um, and some of the VPN providers also have more of a lifetime model. So if you bring in a customer, they'll give you, 
let's say 30 to 40 percent recurring um, recurring commissions so long as that customer stays with them and this is something you actually also see in hosting and the idea there is uh, if you find a provider that has a very low churn rate and people are not really you know going to leave them too too fast that can be a nice way to build passive income just through the uh, existing customers that you've that you've referred already so that can be very interesting as well so the monetization is quite strong for VPNs but of course the the big elephant in the room here is that is it is a very competitive industry overall um, it is not something that um, I think a beginner site can compete not for the not for the most obvious keywords and you know what I try to do in this particular niche uh, is try to understand the competition for and try to try to segment where those competitors go and sometimes competitors compete in more than one uh sub niche um and that's where that's where using hrefs can be helpful so let me just explain that um, uh, a, a bit more clearly so when you google something like a best vpn which i did for most of this week uh you'll find that the top ranking sites are these general technology sites so for example, you have TechRadar, you have CNET, Tom's Guide, uh, you have you know Wire.com, these types of guys. And these are general technology competitors. They write about everything tech. You know, they write about software and etc. And what I did was I included them, but I only included the section of their site that talks about, let's say, VPNs. So you can actually do this using Ahrefs. Uh, there's, two, there's two ways to do it. One is you can find a subdirectory. So if they have, um, let's say in the case of TechRadar, they have a subdirectory called dash VPN, and if you or slash VPN, and if you just take the slash VPN, put it into hrefs as a prefix, you'll only get the traffic estimates for all the content that's in that subdirectory. So we know it's all about VPNs, and that way you can exclude all the content that they write about other topics. The other way is if the website, if they're not using this subdirectory type of uh, URL structure, you can also just go to top, top subfolders on Ahrefs and type in the word VPN. And that way you'll find every single post that either has VPN in the URL or it has VPN in one of the top keywords. And so that will basically tell you if a content, a piece of content is about a VPN. Um, that way you will include the traffic from that and you can just take the total traffic. Anyways, um, so using that method, I was able to kind of isolate which part of the larger websites were actually about VPNs um, and also put in the more VPN specific competitors and kind of just form a, a, a list of traffic, you know, and order it by traffic to see who is, you know, really winning these queries and what their uh, domain authority was. So overall, I think this is a this is a fascinating niche to me because you know the monetization side is very good right especially because you're not relying on amazon um and there are features of the of the uh of the commission structure for some of these providers that can be very interesting like when you have a recurring commission model um the big challenge really that you need to solve is bringing in targeted traffic and to me you know there's there's actually some creative ways the ways that you can get creative about how you find and source your traffic um, because the the obvious way is to go through these vpn type of keywords but they're going to be very competitive they're kind of 
you know, in a sense, they're kind of saturated to, to an extent. Um, but when you look outside of, you know, people typing in VPN, and really what I'm talking about is you're looking at the top of the funnel, right? Because when someone is typing in a VPN keyword or any kind of type of product keyword, they are already at the bottom of the funnel or the, or the middle of the funnel. So we want to look at the top of the user journey. And in this case, it could be like someone wants to, um, you know, watch Netflix in the US, but they live in like the UK or Canada or somewhere, or it could be someone wants to, um, you know, download some, some torrents or they want to do like, um, they want to view, they want to see uh, results, let's say search results in a different country, but they don't live in that country. Uh, that's all the cases where they might want to use a VPN. So there are lots of these other types of websites like streaming sites, um, especially a lot of sites that get tremendous traffic for things like, uh, let's say watching live TV or watching live sports. Um, and on those sites, they'll, they'll, you know, heavily promote, you know, using a VPN or things like that. So in other words, looking at, you know, alternative sources to find uh, targeted traffic, because that's ultimately what you want. You want to find targeted traffic, people who are not yet at that stage to buy, but, you know, with some content, with some introduction, and with some tutorials, uh, you can kind of move them down the user journey uh, to the point where they are ready to buy. And that way you avoid the competition for, you know, the most competitive keywords. Uh, so that's what I found most interesting about VPNs, you know, through the research in VPNs. And, and this is something that happens very frequently when you do niche research, uh, you kind of get into other niches. You actually get into um, other spaces that kind of pop up just because you're, you see them you see your competitors doing them. So some examples, you know, when I was looking at VPNs, what naturally came up uh, to me is, you know, sites were talking about things like, you know, online security, online privacy. And, you know, from that, they're, they're reviewing other products like, you know, antivirus products, um, you know, other privacy solutions, you know, ways to, uh, let's say, protect your email from spam. But also some, some sites take it even further. They talk about kind of total security. They talk about home security, right? Home security systems, alarms, you know, smart home devices. And they also talk about cybersecurity as part of that. So it's quite interesting to see how that, how the same topic can be organized in very different ways uh, by different websites. And they all have their own uh, angle at which they approach it. And so that that's very helpful for me for brainstorming and thinking about, you know, how do I address this topic? How do I, um, you know, how do I organize a potential website to, to obtain traffic from places where it's lower competition and organize it in a way that that traffic can flow down the user journey and ultimately end up in some of these higher paying offers, right? And do it in a way that also adds value for the user. So to me, that's actually a very interesting question. It's an interesting problem. And, you know, the best thing to do when you're looking for a solution is just to observe uh, what comp what competitors are doing already, because there's a lot of people who, you know, they've already been thinking about this problem for a while, how to get people to convert, you know, how do you organize the, the site structure. So it's really a matter of observing which ones, which competitors have been doing well and just trying to replicate that and maybe do some some tweaks to make it a little better. So I think for the next couple of weeks, you know, by the end of this month, I am planning to launch um, two to three sites. I'm currently still doing some niche research. I have a long list to get through and 
I'll admit it does take quite a lot, a lot of time and just putting together a list of competitors can take a few hours. Um, and Ahrefs is not exactly uh, too lenient here either because you you uh, you, you kind of use up their limit on uh, competitor URLs that you can research in a week. And that is a, that is a bit annoying sometimes, but I guess it's just part of their, their plan uh, limits. So for me, I think I want to look at probably 10, 10 to 15 more niches. Um, you know, having run a site myself for you know the last two years, I definitely think that it, it doesn't hurt to spend a couple of days extra on niche research, just to make sure you really, you know, not not just that you feel good about a niche, but that you've truly looked at, um, you know, most of the things that could, can go wrong, um, and, and understand what is the real profitability of that niche. Most of the stuff that you learn about what a niche is, truthfully, I don't think you'll understand that until you get into it. So, you know, I could sit here and say, you know, I think Pets is is decent just because there's that Chewy offer. Maybe it can be a $20 CPA. Um, That could be an interesting thing. But, you know, maybe I get into Pets and it's like, you know, nobody converts to Chewy, right? People go to Chewy and then they go to Amazon and they buy stuff. So that's that's something that could happen. And I wouldn't know that until I get into the, the niche. So there are some risks that it's kind of unclear, right? You just have to accept those types of risks. But what I want to do is make sure there's no obvious risks uh, going in. Like, you know, if everybody's been losing traffic because there's this, you know, huge authority site that's taking everybody's traffic, you know, that's something I want to know. I want to know that before I get into the niche. Um, Or if, you know, the monetization has been going downhill, right? There's like a there's been an Amazon type of rate cut every single year and people are leaving that niche. You know, that's something you want to know too. So I guess one of the one of the parts of my process as well is go on different types of forums, um, go on Reddit, uh, Facebook groups, and just see what people are saying about the particular niche. If there's anybody who um, actually runs a website in that area, if they've ever said anything about it, uh, just to see, you know, what is the market talk about this type of um, this type of asset, right? And because sometimes when you do the research and you think it's great, but really you need to talk to an insider to get that, um, you know, to, to get a real sense of what's going on. All right. So that's kind of it for this podcast. Appreciate the listen. And next week I'll talk about a couple more niches. All right. Take care.